This is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast. This is VP. We are a solutions-based podcast, diving into the world of contrarian investing and alternative finance. You can find us hosted on the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel, nonsenseforex.com, and podcast players everywhere. Episode 17 is made possible by IGUS. If you're in the United States and you had the choice to go with the highest capitalized broker with the lowest spreads or somebody else, who would you take? The choice is easy. You would take IGUS. And currently, they are paying you to sign up. They will give you $250 cash back after your first trade. Or if you bought Bitcoin back in 2012, you can get $5,000 cash back after you open 300 lots. If you are interested, click the link down below in the show notes that will take you to the blog, which gives you all of the updated information, plus the link you need to click on to get these bonuses. Now, if you're outside of the United States, go down below to the show notes as well. I also have links for you. Depending on where you are in the world, you'll have access to two really great brokers, and you can just choose the one that's best for you. It is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast, and I don't know how many of you have been around long enough to remember my older media, uh, my old podcast, and some of my trading videos, uh, where I said back in 2019 and early 2020 that this decade was going to be wild and, and not in a good way. We were going to pay for the excesses of the 2010s. And here we are. The energy crisis, which we also predicted, is fully underway. China is finally starting to lose its grip on its own economy. Uh, not to mention this whole pandemic thing and all that's gone along with it, to which the lasting effects of it have yet to even really start. Secretary of the Treasury Janet Yellen has already said that the United States, the one country that has always been able to pay off its debts, may not be able to. Russia sees all this happening and is already playing big stack poker with its resources by withholding them from countries who need them. So if you don't think a global market crash is imminent, then you can turn this podcast off and go somewhere else. But for the rest of us, we spoke last episode about the assets that will probably go down when a stock market falls. And if you did not catch that episode, let me just spoil it for you. The only thing that really goes up is cash. So it sucks, but the best thing to do is to cash up and just hold on to your assets even if they're falling. Uh, because the contrarian assets that we talk about are bound to go up in a big way soon after. But what about all that time on the way down? Maybe you don't want to just sit there and take it in the shorts for months, possibly years, as this thing falls. If I know it's going to fall, and you know it's going to fall, why not take advantage of this knowledge and short that sucker? Well, through the magic of ETFs and derivatives, you can do just that. Now, in terms of options, we don't talk about that here because I am not good at it, and I have very little experience with them. And the world is already full of people who talk about things they know nothing about, so I will not add to that pool. But I do know ETFs, and I do know inverse ETFs, which is what you use to short whatever you want to short. And it's great. Um, there's many, many options out there. You can short general indexes. You can short sectors. You can short lots of things. You can short countries. And if, it, if an issuer thinks there's demand for something, they'll create it. Uh, those of you who've been following me for a long time as well know that I trade ETFs on the weekly chart when it comes to things like precious metals and oil and indices. And how do I go short with those things? I use ETFs. So I certainly can talk about these and pass my experience down to you. Uh, because there's a lot of mistakes you can make here, 
And if you know what those mistakes are and you don't make them, then that is going to affect your bottom line in a very positive way. And I want to start off by talking about one of the biggest mistakes I was making, and embarrassingly so, for quite a long time. And that is the mistake of using leveraged ETFs. This is not going to make many of you happy. I've seen a lot of you in the comments section talk about the leveraged ETFs that you like. I have seen people requesting that I do a show on them. Uh, Please look at the very last line of the show notes. It says we don't take requests here. Like there's people requesting Forex videos in the comments section of my buy and hold podcast. Madness. Uh, But this was something I was going to get to anyway. And I think this is a really good time to do that. Uh, But to date, I have completely stopped using leveraged ETFs, save one circumstance, and I'll mention that towards the end. And it's because I realized something along the way that I just simply was not paying attention to until things got bad. For a very long time, right when I started, I was killing it. Because these were not long-term buy and holds, I felt like using leveraged ETFs were okay here. Because even though I was on the weekly chart, it was still a trade. So my time frame overall was generally shorter. Uh, And I would take some losses in there, but they wouldn't be really bad losses. And I did this for probably years. My biggest trade, the one I even mentioned on uh, Discord, that oil short that I did before the market crash back in 2020, was damn near life-changing. But soon after, as is always the case, you know, I had a string of losses because we all get those. And when those started to happen, I was looking at my account and thinking, wait a minute, I should not have lost this much money. Even when you factor in the fees, what's going on here? It's all because I was overlooking one key element that I really should have known about because I always do my homework on these things. But I guess it's because I looked at these things as as such just simplistic trading vehicles that I didn't really dig as deep as I should have. And even though I win more trades than I lose, I am still never going this route again. So let's back up a little bit. Um, Again, those of you who have been with me for a long time, and if you're a Forex trader, you have probably seen my video on risk. If you have not, I will put it down in the show notes. It's one of the most important videos you could ever watch on trading or investing. It makes no difference. Uh, Because in it, I outlined a phenomenon that most people are not aware of. If you were to take all things being equal, so let's say every win was a 2% gain and every loss was a 2% loss. Losses affect your account more than wins do. Meaning that if you were to take a 2% loss on your very first trade, you would need to make more than a 2% gain just to break even. Conversely, let's just say you started with a $100 account and your first trade was a 2% winner and then your very next trade was a 2% loser. You would end up with less than $100. It's an unusual and very unfortunate phenomenon that we need to be aware of. That's why I keep hammering home the phrase all the time on my podcast and in my videos. We win by not losing. We try, especially in trading, we try to keep our losses to an absolute minimum and then max out our wins where we can. But we focus more on eliminating losses because they hurt worse than winners help us. So in trading and investing, we already have that to contend with. But when talking about these ETFs, and if you have not listened to episode six of this podcast, the ETFs Crash Course, please pause this and go listen to it now. I don't want to talk over your head. Uh, But what ETFs often do is something called rebalancing, where everything stops and the ETF issuer adjusts what needs to be adjusted. Now, leveraged ETFs are very interesting. 
if you're doing anything outside of just investing in a basket of stocks or something that tracks an index, you can via the use of ETFs, but you are going to pay for it because they have to get creative and do things outside of the norm. Because it is not normal for somebody to simply invest in a stock at three times leverage. It is not normal for somebody to go short at the click of a button. But they're able to get around all of these things. But there are always conditions attached to this. Whether it's fees, whether it's rebalancing, and in this case, the rebalancing is extreme. Just about any leveraged ETF or any inverse ETF you can find, because of the swaps they use, they are forced to rebalance every single day. So instead of holding something for 28 trading days, for example, what you're actually doing is holding it for 28 consecutive one-day periods, day after day after day after day. This is not how normal stock investing or even ETF investing works normally, but it does apply here. So this is tough to do without visuals, but follow me on this. But because of this phenomenon, what ends up happening is you have this weird compounding effect to where a string of winning days is fantastic, but a string of losing days can be cataclysmic. Because remember, losing affects our accounts more than winning does. And so when you string these things together and compound them, things can get ugly in a hurry. Now, if you are trading these intraday like a lunatic and eating all those fees, um, this does not apply to you. Okay, But for the rest of us sane-minded investors, this is very important. Especially, too, because the results you see one of these ETFs achieve on a chart is not the same results you're going to get. So for example, I'm going to go to the Yahoo Finance app on my phone and look up ticker symbol TQQQ. This is a three times leveraged ETF for the NASDAQ. And I'm going to go look at a six month chart to see how it did. So I am shooting this on a Friday afternoon and it looks like it says on a six month time frame. So six months ago today, the price was at 95 spot 90, and it is currently sitting at right around 124 spot 52. This is an overall gain percentage-wise of about 29.8%. So 29.8% is what this thing achieved in six months. Now, if you would have invested in the TQQQ six months ago, this portion of your account would have not gone up 29.8%. The results can actually be very different. It all depends on how many consecutive winning days and how many consecutive losing days you experienced and how big those days were. And remember, the losing days hit harder. So in a lot of these cases, you would have actually underperformed. Your own performance is not going to be what you see on the screen when you look at these charts and you look at their performance numbers. So with all of those things in mind, I strongly recommend that you just use a standard ETF to go long. And then if you must, a standard ETF to go short. Now here's the thing. Even the one times short ETFs, so just the regular ones that let you go short, also rebalance every single day. So don't go crazy here. 
I would always hear the people on ETF podcasts say, you know, oh, going short the market with ETFs, that really sounds like gambling to me. And I, and I would sit there and be like, what, the, what are you talking about? As a Forex trader, going long and going short is the exact same thing. You're going to sit there and tell me in stocks, going long is fine, but going short is gambling? Get out of here. What is this, CNBC? But now I get it. And I know this kills the excitement for some of you, but please understand how overrated these things are when you factor everything in. They really do put you at a disadvantage. Now, we didn't isolate any of the inverse ETFs that you can use to short the market. Um, in terms of shorting indexes, I'm going to put the most popular ones down below in the show notes as well. So if you're interested in them, you can go look them up. But just please remember this one caveat and proceed with caution. Now, again, I do use the 1x short ETFs in all of my non-Forex related trading. Not because I want to, but because that's really my only choice. Thankfully, I use the weekly chart, so the fees really aren't a big deal. And at the end of the day, these are trades, so I do set a stop loss. Uh, so things can only get so out of hand. Um, unfortunately, there's one place where I can't do that. And those of you who do what I do probably already know this. But for some goofy reason, there used to be, but right now, there is no 1x short silver ETF. At least not in the United States. There's a 2x, ticker symbol ZSL but that is currently our only choice. So even though I do use it, I am very careful with it, and I only take half a position when I do. Um, oddly enough, that's been my best trade of 2021, the silver short that I'm still in right now. And of course, it's on a 2X ETF that I just got done telling you not to use. Uh, but overall, what we're attempting to do here, especially on this podcast, is long-term buy and hold. And if you are expecting a prolonged downturn in the market, that you can profit off of every step of the way down, feel free to use these ETFs. Just avoid the leveraged ones and proceed with lots of caution. Know what you're getting into. What you're getting into is not ideal. But that doesn't mean that this whole thing could not be a phenomenal trade if you want to short these markets. The whole world at this point has pretty much been trained that even if it goes down, it's only a matter of time before it goes up again. On my indices trading, I stopped going short because we had this crazy undercurrent of government money that just made everything go back up. I was getting killed every time I went short. I'm a perma bear, and even I stopped going short on the trading end. So just the idea of going short is going to sound crazy to most people in the investing world. A lot of people use these inverse ETFs for hedging reasons, but not for the reasons we do. We want to make a lot of money on something that we feel is bound to eventually happen. So when it's all said and done, they can no longer call us crazy. But they can call us early.